It's me, Georgia Simmons, host of the podcast, and welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen, where we are joined by Charlie Terry, a serial entrepreneur and founder of Seek, a marketing agency, and District, a talent management agency. This episode is a little different to others that I have recorded, as although we do touch on health and diet and how to eat well to perform your best, we also focus on health from a business perspective, creating a healthy working environment, treating your job like a sport, and we dissect the entrepreneurial journey and talk about burnout and getting the balance right between pushing yourself to limits and looking after your mental and physical health, and whether there even is a balance and a formula to getting it right. This is a super interesting episode where Charlie and I really dive into some fascinating hot topics so I think you're going to love this episode I really hope you do let's jump into it and as always have a lovely rest of your day so Charlie thank you so much for coming on I'm super excited to have this conversation deep dive on all things entrepreneur founder seek influencer diet lifestyle performance I mean there's a lot to cover firstly how are you I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Early morning start. I this know. is great. We love it. The sun's yeah. out. Power more. I love a power morning. I like, I like I a power breakfast. I don't usually midweek. I don't usually do breakfast, but now okay. and again, I just kind of Hit want it. a power breakfast. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, this feels like that. So, before we get into anything else, can you give us a really quick elevator pitch mm. on who you are and what you do? So, I'm Charlie Terry. Started a marketing agency back in 2016 called Seek. We we market brands, so uh, very much focused on doing the best for the things for the brand. I'll, I'll talk about that a bit later, kind of what we actually do. Um, but then later on, I, I found myself, one of the things we were looking at quite a lot was influencer marketing. So more recently, a year ago, co-founded with the ex-head of talent from Glean Futures. Not sure if you know, know Glean. Um, co-founded a talent, market, a talent agency, really. So we, we essentially manage creators, manage influencer and digital talent. Um, Seek is a slightly bigger business, um, work with, I don't know how many brands we're working with at the moment, between 30 to 40 kind of ongoing projects probably at any one time. Um, and yeah, just still loving it. But but if I had to summarize what I do is all things marketing, really. I love it. And also marketing couldn't be more important at the moment, which we'll get onto in more detail. But to kick things off, we have a quick fire round about all things food because like we all love food and everyone eats. So it's just a good one to start with. So sweet or savory? Savory for me. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? I had a great salad last night, but it's got to be the burger. Yeah. Crisps or popcorn? Crisps. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. I didn't even need to let it finish. No, that was it. Cook in or eat out? Eat out all day long and if I am in order in okay favorite delivery so bit of a random story but one of our clients had a big competition um kind of internally with their staff and their suppliers and I won an obscene amount of Uber Eats credit but I'm not gonna lie delivery is way better like I never really used maybe that's just where where I live but um my favorite delivery is Lebanese probably yeah, I'm with you on that. Hands down, you can't go wrong. Yeah, it's going to be Lebanese. Yeah. Okay, so I want to kickstart the questions with kind of like the realities of being an entrepreneur. I think that we live in a world where the word is thrown around like 
entrepreneur this, entrepreneur that, glamorize. Let's talk about the realities of it because it's really not all that it seems and it's not as glamorous, easy as it looks. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about that. I'm, it's weird. I feel like I'm a magnet for that question. I think it's because I, I talk about it quite openly, how I feel that yeah that it's it's over glamorized um i uh, there's times where i kind of wouldn't wish entrepreneurship on my worst enemy mm. um at, at the extreme end um it's it's so tough i mean ultimately it depends what you're looking to do because i, I think you know we were having a conversation the other day about everybody being different. So every business is different. Everyone's goals are different. So you can't, you just can't give an umbrella term. Um, but I do see a lot of people kind of really, really encouraging people just to start businesses. Now, we built a business on SMEs, founder-led businesses. So I couldn't be more of a champion for that. And, you know, I... I I really enjoy meeting other founders and most of my peer group are also founders. Um, but I just don't think it's for everybody. Like mm. I, I honestly don't. And, you know, I don't even know it will be for me in every single chapter of my life. Um, and before before starting this business, um, I had a pretty extensive stint in, in what I would class as the corporate world. And without that, I think I would have been at a disadvantage in what mm. I'm doing now. Um, it it is it it is difficult. It is difficult. I think I think the thing that the thing that always confuses me is kind of this whole build a business around your passions. Yes, obviously don't build a business about something you're not passionate about. Mm. However, I think what you'll find is the people that are pushing that narrative probably are doing pretty well yeah so it's like it's funny you you don't really get passionate about something that you're not good at or having success in Mm. so I'd I'd actually argue that if you if you are going to go down the founder-led or entrepreneurship route or however you want to kind of describe it you need to attack it for a sustained period of time yeah and it probably won't be very nice and then when you start getting success it's funny you find you you will find passion yeah um it's not it's not you're not you're not going to be you know, just happy every day. And, no, a hundred percent. I think it's a privilege day. as well to be able to work on something that you're, that's your passion. Mm-hmm. And I also think if you're working on it long enough, it will, you'll hate it for a period of time. You'll, this passion that you loved, you'll be like, I absolutely hate this now. Um, so. But then it'll start giving you the rewards that you had in mind originally. And then you'll begin to love it again. So I think also business is business. It's there to make money. Like if you just want, if you love, I don't know, gymnastics and want to suddenly do a business around that. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. But is that actually a business? It might not even be a business there. So I think the whole like run a business around your passion type thing is a great and lovely idea, but the realities of it probably aren't always there. No, I'm, I mean, my, my, my passion earlier on in my life was, was rugby. Every, my whole life was rugby for, for, for as long as I can remember. And actually when it became more of a business, you know, I was making business decisions that actually sucked the, my so-called passion out of it, mm. if I'm honest. Um, and the, the love faded when it became a job. Um, yeah. So, you know, and again, but everybody's different. You just can't, you can't generalize. And that, and that is, don't get me wrong, people 
like me and the people I work with are the louder people on social media you know so so we're the ones pushing these narratives yeah yeah I also think that people always think that you know founders and entrepreneurs and stuff they're always very like vocal and like loud on on social media we have to do that otherwise we're not going to get seen or heard in amongst like the massive crowd of people and like if you're in a corporate you don't have to necessarily shout about your last meeting because you know the company's kind of doing that for you but like if you're on your own and starting a business or you know in a startup you've got to be screaming from the rooftop otherwise no one's going to be heard exactly where, where are the eyeballs now yeah you know, that is what that is that is literally where the attention is I definitely fully, fully agree Hey guys, just a quick note from me. I wanted to quickly promote my ebook that I have just launched and do a little shameless plug. As as Charlie and I have just mentioned, if I don't shout about it, no one else will. And these things really don't happen overnight. It's called Simply Delicious and it includes 30 quick, easy, but super tasty plant-based dishes. It's only $7.99 and can be downloaded on Amazon or through a link that I will leave in the show notes. So if you are interested, please, please check it out. So you mentioned you wouldn't wish it upon your worst enemy. What are the biggest challenges for being an entrepreneur? Like, Why wouldn't you wish it upon your worst enemy? Somewhat I'm saying it for effect. Right because we're, we, we, we're, we're, we're social media natives, right? Yeah. However, um, you, you, so on one side of the fence, ultimately, if you, you are your own boss and you can achieve this in, in, in a J-O-B as well, mm-hmm. in a job as well, um, but essentially you do have freedom. Ultimately, you're, 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 you're responsible for your own destiny. Mm. Um, but the bit that people forget unless it's a lifestyle business, which it's essentially for you, looks after you, provides for you, your whatever your, you know, dependents are, etc. That that's great and I, I have a lot of respect for that. What I'm building and what I've been involved with is something slightly larger. So effectively who you're responsible for is not just yourself, it's 10, 20, 30 other people that have children, that have um, you know, parents they're caring for that have to pay their rent that have you know breakups have you know grief Mm. it's it's you know and a lot of that it's hard because if you're a leader you essentially need to be stronger if you like or at least put on a strong front uh for your team Mm. especially if you've got so i'm in a service business so we we don't just deal with our client uh, sorry our internal uh, emotions and ups and downs but we also kind of shoulder some of our clients which is a mm. whole nother ball game um however you, you're you're just responsible for a lot of things it's not yeah. just the marketing of the business the sales of the business the finance the client performance it is your your now your team's well-being etc and I'd, I'd say post-covid your job or at least the workplace is responsible for a lot more than than pre mm. you know people are expecting you to 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 look after their well-being expecting you to look after their paycheck expecting their, their growth their learning which which is great and yeah. it's 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 luckily as a younger business we're kind of we we look at that more naturally mm. um but for, for bigger you know older businesses it must be it's it's a huge shift. it's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. it's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. so with pressure and trying to kind of be in a way a jack of all trades to an extent if you're you know you're leading a team but you've also got your roles in the company as well have you experienced kind of 
burnout and how do you manage the balancing everything whilst keeping yourself kind of sane and healthy? It's a good question. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking back now to, I don't know, let's say the the hardest times in my entrepreneurial journey. And it, it is, it is, it's difficult to describe unless you've, you've been there. Um, but at the same time, I keep having discussions with, with, with kind of peers, definitely in my industry and, and kind of parallel industries and similar to, I relate a lot of things back to sport, but similar to kind of pushing yourself to your, your limits physically, how do you know what your limit is? You know, what, what is your, your breaking point? What is your balance? Because we were having a discussion the other day, everyone's different. Mm. Some people genuinely enjoy working on a Sunday night to calm their mind, which will allow them to then get better sleep. Yeah. You know, some people, for me, if I don't have that switch off, if you like, um, and don't get me wrong, you know, things happen, you have to fight fires, you have to kind of, you have to be there for, for your clients at times that, that, that are out of hours or, or your typical hours, but it's very difficult. Mm. And you definitely need to manage that balance. I mean, it always comes back to, when when did you ha- when did you get your best ideas mm. when did they come to you it's not when you are you know in the middle of the night overworking it's not it's no. it's when you're on the beach it's when you're walking the dog it's when you're in the shower it's that it's yeah. it's literally when you're not fully um kind of zoned in so it's difficult but i don't like the word balance because it's just too generic and there isn't a balance either like not really there isn't if you're balancing everything you're going to be rubbish at one of like Mm -hmm. you know some things take more time than others and you have to dedicate more time to certain things there isn't a balance at all Mm -hmm. but I think and I also feel like we're in a world where self-care is really pushed which is great and like wellness is really pushed which is great however if you don't like get yourself to a point where you realize I need to take a step back now I need to like focus on myself a bit more I need to not be pushing myself so hard you then don't find your balance you can't just be like okay I'm gonna work 50% of my time here 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 like that's not really gonna work you've got to go all in push yourself to your limit hit a bit of a wall and be like, right, okay, backtrack. Let me now work out what's working and what's not. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it's chapters, isn't it? It's, 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 it's phases, however have you want to put it. I mean, when you first start a business, you you literally have to be jack of all trades. And there's there's a benefit to that. You know, um, when you when you first start, you're not financially literate. You're not, you're not, um, you might not know how to do your marketing. You might not know how to sell. You might not know your product. You, you know, you do need to dip into all of those areas. That that will then allow when you move to the next phase for you to more accurately hire the right individual to to delegate. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think as you grow, to avoid um, slowing down, you, you need to learn definitely what you are good at and what brings you energy, and then make sure that you can hire in to to replace yourself and the things that take away from your energy or that you're not so good at mm. and it's difficult because you need to somewhat self self analyze there's no, no one's yeah, really going hard, to yeah no one's going to say by the way you're a really crappy <laughs> yeah. salesman if you're the boss you know no. it's very so you kind of have to look at your results and usually what brings you energy or fills you with passion probably you are better at yeah typically yeah um so uh, you know, 
I didn't have the benefit of a co-founder with Seek. I do with District, which is amazing. And um, Fran, who who runs that business, is very much, we have very different personalities. So that's great. Mm. Um, and I would definitely recommend if someone is starting a business and they do have the benefit of a, of a, of a co-founder and the, the lines are drawn, it's very clear what the roles and responsibilities are, I would highly recommend it. Mm. Um, that being said, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult because when I first started a business, I'll be honest, I, yes, health, wellness, mental health and wellness specifically is, a, is, is clearly a trend. You know, um, actually, at the time of recording, I think it is Mental Health Week. Yeah. Um, you know, which is which is incredible, and you know, our our, our clients internally, we're do, we're doing a lot with that, and the awareness is amazing. But I was not aware when I started my business. It was a it was completely out of my realm of of consideration and understanding for myself. Mm. It was weird. I was kind of considerate of others, but had no, a complete disregard for my own. Um, but I, I genuinely don't think we'd be where we are today if I if I had if mm. I if I'd have been cautious if I hadn't have you know pushed too hard. But like I said, it's phases, and that's phases in your business life cycle of, of growth. But it's also for yourself. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Going from kind of sport into business, like business is a sport. It's it's how do you stay consistent? How do you stay mentally sharp? How how do you, as you were saying before move from maybe 80% to 120, you know, overdoing mm. it. You know, you will, it's, you know. And it's competitive. You're competing against yourself and others Massively. in the same industry. Like, it's definitely a sport. It's actually a really good way of putting it. I like to see it that way. Mm. I mean, I'm pretty open. I just love the sense of competition. Yeah. I want to absolutely dominate every other marketing agency on the planet. You know, I yeah. think, you know, L- L- London isn't a big enough pool for, for us. Um, UK, no. Europe, maybe. World, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so we're looking we're looking at who's doing the best thing in LA, New York, Singapore, in, in the UAE. And um, yeah, I'm, we're extremely competitive. And we, we, we try to bring that, that competitive, we, we call it aggression, actually, like it kind of bit of marketing. Yeah. So, so, so it's not really aggression, but, but, how aggressive can we be getting a business to the top of Google? How aggressive can we be on social media? How, and, and, and I don't know, it seems to be a point of difference. And mm. when we, we struggle to hire people from other agencies because they're coming in and it's just like your, your, your mentality is completely different here. Mm. And we're, we're like, yeah, we know. Yeah. We know. But I mean, if you look at the businesses that are ex- like excelling right now and being really successful, they are probably extremely competitive and have that edge to them because you've got to be. Otherwise, you're not going to get to where you want to be. It's just like you've yeah. got to have that aggression and like yeah. competitiveness. I think it's yeah. really important. It's, it's, it's drive. And, and don't get me wrong, as an agency, we, we have that. We, ha- we have this, um, we call it a plus one mentality. So essentially, we have our contracted scope of work which you could take and would potentially be like for like mm. to the other agency but for us that's 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 kind of level one we're saying how do we how do we keep building on that layers and layers and layers so it'd be it'd be very normal for us to be in a I don't know a strategy meeting 10 people from the agency and someone to actually ask 
a junior that's been there for two or three months oh what's the plus one on that what's the extra step on that how are we going an extra layer it's like a very a normal thing mm-hmm. that, that is said but the reality is although we have this mentality and the the aggression and the the action first approach if you like which is quite rare in our industry because there's a lot of, a lot of talk in our industry um the reality is our success ultimately is based down to two things amazing people in the team but ultimately amazing clients if you work with the best brands you're pushing the best products you're working with the best founders that that's when you in in my in my world anyway mm. that that's when it's the easiest to grow no, um, so we've been blessed with insane founders insane um business leaders big businesses small businesses and a lot a lot of our learnings if you like come from our our clients processes and then we bring that into a kind of a a marketing environment Mm -hmm. um and i've kind of probably overlooked that over the years how much we've learned from our client base which is um it's interesting definitely no i think that's so good so you mentioned founders and learning from founders like what would you say are the kind of traits of a founder because i don't think it's for everyone it's not um so we've talked about it before but essentially that drive whether you want to call it aggression whether you want to call it drive that 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 um energy is clearly a a, something that runs through every single successful founder i've ever worked with um and again the problem is there's this this pendulum of excessive on, on one side and passive on the other now and I'll give you a really simple example of of this. If you owned a restaurant and you're the the big boss, maybe you own a chain of restaurants, one restaurant, whatever, and you and one of your mid-level staff walks through the restaurant and there's a bit of rubbish on the floor, and you see that they see it, and they they either pick it up or they don't pick it up, kind of naturally, right? Mm. Now, obviously, you want to hire people that's natural state in whatever industry industry you're in is pick it up because they care about it treat it as their own blah 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 but i always use this as an example when i'm kind of thinking about this if they don't pick it up what are you going to do as a founder if it's kind of get them and be like hey listen and you and you you, you really go in on them maybe that's that's excessive you know or you say nothing that's too that's passive so it's like there, there's this pendulum as as founders and it's very difficult because really what you need to do is adopt this kind of i don't know non-threatening hey i i, I feel I, I i really feel that you know we we should care about where we work more um you saw the rubbish like well, what do you think we should do oh well definitely pick it up okay great if you could you know and then maybe maybe you're in the middle you know but what I see with this aggression and action first and push is it's very easy to to veer on the excessive Mm. um so so this is the, the, the the best founders we work with have that conviction that drive that energy but also know how to manage relationships not burn through their staff their suppliers etc and it's and it's, it's bloody difficult yeah. to get that balance i think again that just kind of takes time like it's not you're not gonna start something and be great at all of these things you're gonna have to kind of go one way okay that was wrong go the other way okay that was also wrong like let's meet in the middle somewhere and i think that's just time yeah i mean i i i had a um He's kind of a really good friend, 
client coach everything and I had kind of like a session a session with him and um he kind of taught me through this this pendulum situation and and I now find myself after ev- almost every interaction internally kind of judging where I am on that scale mm. you know and I kind of brought it into my kind of deep mental debriefs of a situation so if something's going really really right again you need to identify you need to say it or otherwise it's too passive you know well done yeah. that was amazing um but again could it be too too excessive you know you've got you've got to it's not always in negative situations it's also in positive you've got you've got to not veer on the excessive or the passive mm. can't just let things go or you can't overdo it but yeah. it is really difficult especially if you're in that not burnout stage but if you're really under pressure you're really up against it you've not had sleep you've not got your your workouts in your diet's wrong or whatever whatever keeps you in balance mm-hmm. like we were talking earlier that's when it's really hard not to swing yeah. into the ah, I'm so just gonna let that go. I'm, I'm too busy for that well it's passive you're not you're not too busy for it. ultimately ultimately it's your business yeah. or flying off the handle okay that's excessive you need you need to get that back it's so hard it's so yeah. hard I think one of the key kind of traits of a founder as well is like being self-critical and being able to self-analyze and like you've got to have that in you otherwise you're not going to learn but that was too much that was too little like you've got to, I think that's one of the main one of the main traits I agree yeah it's hard I mean emotionally if I'm what keeps me up at night ultimately big client big project don't win it lose it failure from a revenue point of view I sleep like a baby yeah I'll be honest it you know it used to bother me now no veering on the passive or the excessive in a team meeting or with an interaction with an intern going a little pushing a little bit too hard that will keep me up mm. it's 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 more it's, it's kind of around my team more than my client base even though everything we do is focused on the client yeah, yeah it's kind yeah. of a, a bit it's a bit odd but um different people it affect different ways yeah you know? definitely another thing about kind of time i want to talk about is like luck versus overnight success and if an overnight success actually exists because i've had it when i've looked at a business and be like wow they've made it overnight and i look at when they started and i'm like oh wow like 2013 I've not even heard of them Mm -hmm. and suddenly you see them everywhere so I think it's important to kind of talk about this because yeah what's your view on the whole like luck versus overnight success I've got a question for you so let's talk about luck and then then let's talk about overnight success so do you believe in luck okay so story about this I don't because you've got to put yourself in situations to get lucky mm-hmm. and that isn't luck like you're putting yourself out there so for example I work from home I do everything from the flat I could just stay here all the time I'm in a nice little bubble and I could just you know keep taking along and nothing would actually happen whereas you know I go to events we met at an event mm-hmm. and like you put yourself out there you put yourself into I don't know uncomfortable situations and then suddenly things happen and it's because you've put yourself out there it's not lucky mm-hmm. um and also you go there with a with an aim with a directive you're like I'm going to go here and I'm going to make sure I'm xyz I'm going to make sure that I talk to five different people that I don't know um and you kind of go there with your brand on front and you things happen but it's, I don't think it's luck so you so you're creating your own luck yeah there yeah, we go yeah. that was a better way of saying it yeah <laughs> yeah no not at all I, I agree with you you know you, you, you've got to put yourself in different situations I think I think people call it blind luck Mm-hmm. If you 
literally find a 50 pound note on the floor or you know that that's that's blind luck um but yeah essentially you can't you can't win if you're not playing the game mm. um you know you, you have to put yourself um in those different situations but I, I feel the same way about luck um and again for effect sometimes i would say i don't believe in luck and it was for effect but actually i don't um, yeah. and i've never achieved anything in my life that i've not essentially intentionally been moving towards something the energy was moving to me towards a goal don't get me wrong something may happen during that that path that takes me on a different path that others would say well that's lucky so yeah yeah but I was you know in my head I'm like yeah I, I made that opportunity that's and it. now I'm gonna take it yeah which is also action an action first approach yeah but even with the 50 pound on the floor I'm always like no no, no you deserve that because of something that didn't happen a year ago or two weeks ago or a month ago like I do believe in karma. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, things happen for a reason. You needed to see that 50 pound note because that's a sign that that went wrong last week and this is your pick me up to now go and mm-hmm. do the next thing. I okay. don't know. I don't yeah, even, yeah. I believe that things happen are, and like they're signs and I don't think you're just going to walk pound, walk past like a 50 pound note and be like, oh wow. Like, no, that was meant for you. Understood. Understood. Yeah. And again, as long as you embrace how you feel about creating your opportunities and, and attack it mm. you'll get more like it, it doesn't really matter ultimately mm. um overnight success yeah so it doesn't bother me if i go back to my hometown i'm from brighton south coast i go down i see someone from my school days or or when i was younger or my my parents friends that knew me when i was younger you know and um yeah, you ha- have situations where people, I think people don't realise if you've got on social media, it's the same as a podcast, for example. I don't very rarely listen to every single podcast. There's very few. I'll dip in and out six months later. I'll search, see who's there. You know, mm. it's the same with, with, with people's kind of social media, kind of social circles, people coming in and out of your lives, right? And I think they, the overnight success thing can get to founders because people are like oh my god like you know you've just blown up mm. yeah yeah I've, I've i've blown up at the age of 32 after you know working my ass off since i was 16 yeah. you know i did 10 years a stint here i set this business up we were grinding away we had three people we were working out of coffee shops we 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 then had a little little we work then we moved here then we moved here now we've got this yeah big fancy office in Soho it's an overnight success that has taken 15 years Um, but I think everybody in the in the game in business knows that that doesn't exist yeah Um, but it can be you you, you, it it doesn't it doesn't any any kind of serious businessman I don't think it bothers them if someone's like oh my god you like blew up overnight yeah cool okay um, yeah, yeah, yeah think yeah. that but no yeah yeah and what about the support like do you feel like people support you when you're at your peak and you know people see that you're doing really well now do you think you're getting more like credibility amongst friends and peers they're supporting you or did you feel like they gave you more support when you were at the lowest how do you find that relationship because I also have a theory about boys and girls and how it's very different but we'll get up to that in a minute oh I want to hear that I yeah. want to hear that I can only speak about my experiences there and also obviously experiences of, 
of friends of mine, female, male. There's there's being authentic. So obviously, if you're talking about the entrepreneurial journey, and you're saying, okay, what am I putting out on social media? Now, personally, I consume so little on the kind of news front. I, I'm not I'm not I'm not listening to kind of, I'm not listening to negative things. You know, people don't want to hear it, right? So the audience for positivity factually is bigger mm-hmm. you know so so however there's them being authentic hey this is the reality i'm struggling this is you know and um i think we we're talking about a post that you you put out recently about mm. when you you were talking about something that didn't go your way mm. and how that got a lot more engagement a lot more support yeah um but essentially i'm looking at it from a business point of view i'm looking at commercially mm. i'll be honest do, do do people want to work with a founder and marketing agency that are killing it you know founders on a podcast in the morning beth and i sitting over there are now gonna go over the road in in you know over the road to a client shoot we're then gonna bounce into a strategy meeting we've got an event tonight launching an amazing terrace in mayfair we've got um three people coming in i don't think i'm probably going to be in the meeting but i'll pop in and say hi that are um growing by probably about 400% year on year currently in the home and design space. And, mm. you know, we're going to document this, we're going to put it out. And yeah, yeah, it looks like an incredible day. There's also some really difficult decisions we've got to make on hiring. There's some um, financial decisions we've got to make today. You know, it is varied, mm. but the reality is, yeah, we are going to show the highlights because people want to work with the best in our yeah. industry. If I'm if I'm getting on, get, getting on, you know, getting on TikTok like, oh guys you know I'm absolutely shattered I'll, I'll be honest with you um there's a difference between kind of people giving you support I mean your friends and your family the people that really know what's going on in your life uh, ultimately they're going to support you I think no matter what mm. I think you've then got this layer of are you talking about the people that you would would want to give more support for a business that aren't necessarily your your diehard kind of close friends and your family is that who you're yeah I think both I think I think with obviously like your yeah diehard friends and family are always there but I think it is just really interesting it's kind of like I completely firstly I completely agree and I've always been of the way of you know who wants to buy from a business that's failing you know very much like promote the positives like we're doing this we're doing that because with every yeah you have to but ultimately that post that I did where I was like this has been terrible I basically did an event and no one showed up and I documented the whole thing and I was like obviously not expecting no one to show up um so you saw like the highlight of me getting ready getting ready getting ready really excited and then getting there and no one being there and you're like oh wow and it was actually a great video and I got a great response from it but I'm like okay so you really loved watching that fail but like moments where I've been showing you positives people don't care Mm. so I'm like okay that's really interesting and my theory on boys and girls is that talk to me I want to hear it yeah so I think I find that and I actually had another guy on the podcast and he agreed with me he was like I think guys are more supportive of guys and they're very much like mate well done you're loving seeing this like they're very much so supportive girls and girls no, I don't think it's there. I think it's very much like, oh, well done. And it's like, no, why am I not doing this? It's very, bitch is the wrong word because they're trying to be supportive, but it's just not genuine. I see it a lot. I see it a lot. I mean, so my team is 
85 to 90% female. Mm -hmm. So um, definitely get a good insight into into to women in the workplace. Yeah. Um, however, kind of, yeah, I, I would agree. You know, um, when I woke up this morning, again, these are my male friends. So it's a bit, again, it's a, it's a mm. small, small study really. But, you know, I've got some like, hey, have you, have you written any paragraphs to that book, book we were talking about yet? That's li- it wasn't good morning. It, it was, it was, have you done that yet? Yeah. And I actually know, um, you know, and he's like, yeah, well, I, I've written three paragraphs and that's, and you know, but again, you need to find these people, mm. you know, or you need to create that environment in your f- friendship group. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this the other day, which is, it, it is a bit of a tough topic for me because, you know, the reality is if you, especially, you know, living in London can be a tough city, growing a business, it has been a tough time for everybody with COVID. Um, I mean, you want to spend more time with the people that you love, right? Mm. You want to spend more time with the people you care about. You, you really do. But there's actually this kind of learning period that the people that matter to you have to go through with you. And the people I care about and the people that 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 I know I will be very close to in... 40 years time 30 years time 20 years time they 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 know what i'm doing mm. they know what i'm like they they you know we we interact in a way that selfishly suits me mm. you know um and i do that for them as well I, I know some of them one of my friends every time he's driving home from work and he drives from london to brighton he does his calls yeah. so i get the call but he, he knows that nine times out of ten I'm not going to answer that call that doesn't mean I don't love him yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to call him when I can yeah you know um, and yes you know my priorities unfortunately are commercial from a communications point of view mm. you know my whatsapp's like a twitter feed it's, cra- it's crazy yeah um, but ultimately you can find the time for the people you care about you need to it's part of that balance that we were discussing yeah um, but you do if, if, you're, if you're thinking about starting a business, you need to understand that you will lose friends. Mm. You will piss off your family. Yeah. You won't be there. And, and that's part of it. And to be honest, that's not just if you're starting a business. That's if you're pushing hard in your career in yeah. general. Yeah. You, you, you have to make some sacrifices to achieve. It, it's that whole thing of if you want to achieve things that other people can't, you have to do things that other people won't. Yeah. You have to. Um, and it's going back to, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's the defining trait of all of the successful people we work with, whether mm. that be founders, whether, whether it's a career marketer, whether it's a influencer creators, as we, as we, as we were talking about, um, prior to the podcast, you know, these people are high energy driven goal orientated you know and, yeah. and, and that north star they keep marching towards and they're creating their own luck mm. every day yeah you know no 100 um, percent. It, it's hard it's it is really hard. it is hard you led me nicely then to talk about influencers mm. so obviously you work with a lot of them what's like the inside scoop because let's just talk a bit about that because firstly i also want to differentiate between influencer and creator because mm. i think we're in a world now where like creating content is huge content is like king and you can be a creator but not an influencer. You can be an influencer but not a creator. Like, yeah, they they are slightly different. But what is like the behind the scenes of the influencer world? So I, I've been there, kind of when that word or that 
the industry was created, essentially, I, I was still on the brand side of the fence. So um, I had a lot of friends that were your kind of early YouTubers back in the day, and then it moved kind of through. And my co-founder, Fran, she ended up being the head of talent at one of the first digital first talent agencies. I think they were the first mm. on the planet. Now, when you say inside scoop, again, everybody's different. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, I, I very much was supporting these individuals from, from, a, from a business point of view because I was in business, I'd started businesses, I was, I was transacting in that way. They were creators, that's what they, that's what they did. They, they, they created a content and they grew an audience. So they didn't have that necessarily that kind of business literacy. So I would help them transact, do deals contracts deal with lawyers mm -hmm. um negotiate with brands and, and essentially build their business the businesses around these individuals which ended up then being brands around these individuals as well now don't get me wrong on on the kind of scale if you like seek which is 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 our digital marketing agency which is currently the kind of the mothership for, for me anyway it's brand side we we do not represent the talent. We're looking influencer marketing or this creator economy. It's just a marketing channel, mm. as far as seats concerned. Social media, organic, Google, SEO, paid media, TV, out of home. A creator and their channels, whatever their subscribed audience is mm. or engaged audience is, it's, it's just another channel essentially yeah. to 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 seek. What seeks really good at is how they blend those channels. So influencer into paid into email into you know yeah, yeah, that, that's yeah. what they're really good at district on the other side of the fence we represent the talent all we our clients are the talent mm. so essentially looking behind the curtain which is i think is what you're kind of asking is you know you're so much more than um just a broker between a brand and the talent you're you're their assistants their therapists yeah. they're, they're they're there for everything and all everyone's different i mean the difference between an influencer, if you like, and a creator, I mean, to me, there's no difference. It's more how, you know, essentially everybody has a pool of influence that is on these platforms. Mm -hmm. So whether you've got 100 followers that are really interested in X books or whether you've got a million followers that are all around the country that are interested loosely in you as an individual, both have influence. Yeah. The difference is, obviously, brands have a limited amount of time, energy, resource, and money. So if they're looking to deploy some of that resource and that capital, they need some form of um, statistics, if you like, which ultimately sometimes comes in the level of engagement and following um, to make decisions and bets on who they should work with. I mean, that being said, the there's there's different value. So if, if you want to look at the, let's call it the influencer world, let's, let's, let's do a triangle. Mm -hmm. You've, at the top, let's just say you've got the the celebrity or the, the notoriety, as it, people know them. Yeah. So brand association, if they're on my podcast, it's automatically credible. Yeah. You know, it's that type of thing. You've then got on the other side is the, 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 the value. So that, that's where their value is. It's in their notoriety. You've then got 
the value of the content someone's producing. So completely different, which maybe is what you would call a creator. So the values in the content. So essentially, if if you're looking to commercialize that that individual, you're selling the value in the content they're creating to the brand, not just the audience. So maybe it's the ability for that piece of content to go viral. Or maybe it's the the depth and the quality that, that, that it demonstrates a product or a service. That that's the their value. Mm-hmm. On the other side, you've got what I would just call straight potency, mm-hmm. which is when that person talks about a vegan product, people buy it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that is very rare. We know all of these people. Yeah. There's not many of them. Most people are either well known or quality of content yeah and there's nothing wrong with either of those things sometimes you get both rare but sometimes or they're potent yeah and all three have value at different points in the marketing cycle so you, you need to know where you are on that scale and you can also move it might all be about, be about the quality of your content mm. and then you move into actually because of the quality of the content you've got a potent audience which you could then potentially monetize mm. but 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 that they're, they're they are very different you yeah does that make sense no definitely and do we think that like talent-led brands are the future yeah 100 percent. yeah it's just i mean talent-led brands is one way of putting it and um we ultimately specialize in 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 working with those types of individuals and brands but but essentially businesses themselves need to become media entities yeah so content machines yeah um because like we said right at the start of the podcast how else are we going to get eyeballs and what we're doing? Yeah, and it's getting harder and harder and harder because we're we're comparing ourselves constantly. We're looking at things constantly. It's hard to get noticed. So you've got to be, yeah, like you said, completely loud, loud, omni-channel. Yeah, yeah, cr- crucial. I mean, one piece of advice I would say for any business, any founder, anybody is have an omni-channel approach. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Mm. You know, you do not want to just have one channel that your whole business or your your whole kind of sphere of attention is you need to diversify. Yeah, 100%. And you, you, otherwise, otherwise you could you could find yourself a bit stuck if, yeah. you know, Definitely. TikTok and gets banned or something like what that. What about social media? Like how important, I feel sorry for some of the older brands who are like, oh yeah, Instagram, maybe I should. It's like, oh no, 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 skip that. Just go to TikTok. Like how important is social media? Because, you know, there's like, now hearing like lemonades coming out and we're like oh my god another one so how important is it to to do social media but also keep up with the trends it is difficult uh, i mean it depends on the depends on the scale of the business if you're a big business you should be paying for people that are specialists in these channels 100 outsource it get it done get it done well um if you're a small business or, or, or you know you're, you're trying to build a following as an individual essentially try and fit it into your daily life mm-hmm. you know and and it, it, it is difficult because the reality is that i keep saying this recently the chance of you getting a new customer from social media without being on social media is zero you know yeah. without posting is zero so you've got to be consistent you've got to push it i mean of course i feel like it's important massive bias as we're a marketing agency but yeah. it's not the only way you can get a customer you can get the a customer through through google you can get a customer through word of mouth you can get a customer through, through building a newsletter mm-hmm. but i would say right now it's interesting that you mentioned lemonade just released a blog the other day uh, on that on on the seek website it's you know lemonade is essentially owned by tiktok so it's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a new platform and yes you you see these platforms come and go i'm not 
you're either the first or you're the best. So if you if there's a platform and you give it a try and you're like, okay, this suits me, yeah, push it. Mm. You know, jump on it. Yeah, because yeah. essentially you're going to get that kind of early adopter wave. There's less content on the platform, more attention. You're going to take, you're going to get more kind of arbitrage. Yeah. However, you've also got to look at where is attention cheap? Where is attention easier to get? Right now, it's vertical video on TikTok, on LinkedIn, Instagram Reels, that's where it is. Yeah. That's got critical mass, it's proven. When I say it's not going anywhere, don't hedge your bets. Like I said, there were huge creators on TikTok in India and then the platform got banned. So you, you do need to be careful, but but you, you, yeah, you need, to, you need to diversify your channels, definitely keep in touch with what's trending because something that's, that's coming out, like a lemonade, it might suit you. Yeah. It might be your style of content. I mean, lemonade's like a... a lovely girl called Alice that works for us I think what what what's she saying it's like TikTok Instagram and Pinterest have had a baby is what what she said Um, so very creative you've got the community on there it's a lot of storytelling huge for health wellness home interiors that type of thing Um, but I mean we 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 look to specialize, if you like, in all available social media channels. Social media as a whole mm. is is quite a big thing that we look at um, as an agency. So we're, we're quite on the pulse of what's coming out. But the reality is, like I said, each brand has a limited amount of time, resource and money. So you don't want to just be jumping on every new thing the second it happens. No. You've got to pick something, stay consistent and, and give it a really good go. Yeah. And I'm talking not just months, maybe years. To, yeah. to really get the to really get the traction no so true so interesting as well so I now want to kind of bring it all back to you and as this podcast likes to focus on food and wellness you've obviously touched on like balance burnout what you've been up to how do you stay fit healthy well focused and perform well like what are your personal <clears throat> hacks and what works for you so first thing to say is I do not get it right okay all the time like it's rare who does I guess it's it's this oscillation between like you know excessive or whatever I mean I I'm addicted to food it's definitely my biggest downfall I overeat I you know terrible however um I think if I had to make a list of what my kind of the thing that I need to work on the most, which I, I think I've been pretty good with recently, but is, is sleep. Mm. Sleep, I, I struggle. Um, you know, I eat too late, looking at screens too late. You know, I, everything I know that is not good for sleep, I yeah. do. I say the only thing that maybe is semi-optimal is where I sleep. So like very cool bedroom. I've got um, an eight sleep. I don't know if you've heard of them. It's yeah. like temperature controlled mattress and all that sort of jazz so it's very like optimal mm-hmm. but the reality is that's no good if you're not in the bed yeah. <laughs> you know you've got to you've got to be there yeah. we have a lot of client events etc that, that run quite late um but honestly it's just what fills you with energy so for me the, the kind of non-negotiable is definitely the pillars if you like around exercise yeah. in the mornings um and I just find if I've been for a run or I've, or, or I've hit the gym in the morning, I will veer into the middle of that pendulum and not be on the accessible passive end. Yeah. Um, massively decreased alcohol consumption as the business has matured, as in it just isn't worth the the lack of energy or the, the it's just not worth it. Yeah. Um, so 
I find myself drinking non-alcoholic beer a lot. I've got clients in that space, which is lucky. Um, funnily enough, decaf. I was going to ask. Yeah, we've got coffee and it was decaf. So why, why I is just, that? I just cut out caffeine completely um, about half a year ago now. Mm. Um, now and again, I will, ha- I, I, will, I will have a coffee very, very rarely. Um, yeah. it's, it's obviously as a coffee drinker for almost all of my life, the thought of not doing it is such an amazing, I can see your coffee machine. Yeah. Amazing, amazing part of the day. It's social, but actually now decaf coffee is a lot better than it used to be. It so is, yeah. you need to be looking for, it's called Swiss water decaf. If you're going to drink, mm. drink decaf, it's like the way they decaphenate the beans. Okay. You don't want chemically decaffeinated coffee really. Interesting. Um, but essentially I don't get the dip after I don't need the coffee you know no. I'm a lot more awake and not a lot more alert um I I, I the, the level of energy I have generally is is much much higher yeah I don't think I see myself going back to amazing drinking, like, well, if you don't need it coffees. you don't need it literally don't but I do love the take I love yeah. the, the ritual I love coffee meetings it's, it's yeah so but, but you don't need to no I mean with that coffee machine for example I they sent me a um, small pack of decaf beans and it was great it was so nice yeah. and I was yeah. like okay but weirdly for me I always have a lot of energy I'm plant-based so I find like I've got natural sources of energy really active but I just get the worst headache ever if I don't have a coffee I only have one I have a small one but if I don't have that one I cannot function and it's bizarre oh well when I when I came off of it it was pretty bad for, for yeah. like a week um, but it's it's like it's like nicotine. It's yeah. highly addictive. It is highly addictive. So, and and it's funny though if you if you if you get through that period, you can have a coffee and you'll be fine. Right. But it's it's the consistency. It, it is. I don't know. Yeah. I, I I will never. I don't think I'll ever go back. It's it's, it's huge. I know. It's mad. Um, but it's great. And I think with alcohol as well, really interesting that you mentioned that. And I think that lots more people are cutting back. And I think ultimately you can have a great time just having one drink and then going to non-alcoholic, I think it's just a mindset thing. And then actually you can perform great the next day and you sleep better and your week's great. I and just, I just, yeah. I just can't afford to do it. Like no. it, it's a knock on effect. If I drink too much, I'm going to probably miss my workout the next day or at least it'd be, be, be of a poor quality. I'm then gonna, but if you're not training, you kind of don't really want to eat as healthy. Mm. And it's just a knock on effect. The energy levels down. You're then a little bit more passive. You let things go. Then it causes you an issue. You, it's just not worth it's it. It's not at this worth point. it. So no. true. And don't get me wrong. I'm, you know, flying out to a wedding at the weekend, and we're talking about, you know, of course, I'm gonna have a great time. Yeah. And you, you've got, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to like pushing to your limit. You've also mm. got to have not excess but yeah Yeah. release that's the best word definitely uh release you you have to you have to live your life but from uh, the 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 answer to your question is consistency comes from routine focus Mm. some some level of discipline yeah um and you know i want my team to be that way um how you know you've got to lead by example yeah um and I, i i honestly think if you're really good at what you do and you're pushing to build something of of size and substance and value. You almost have to take your health and energy levels seriously. Yeah. So that is essentially your diet, your sleep, uh, and managing stress levels. You, you you have to do it. 
Um, otherwise, you're not going to you're not going to be like a sportsman. You're not going to be performing at that highest level. Mm. How? Yeah. You know, you're not optimal. No, 100%. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a massive. Yeah, absolutely love it. What? So what am I doing at the moment, food wise? Midweek, I don't really usually do breakfast. Okay. I'll have a athletic greens kind of as I get into the office, AG1. Um, then I have lunch will usually be pretty plant based, usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and then dinners are one of the reasons I do that. It's not because I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to fast. It's just that if I don't, because we've got a lot of clients that are in the food and beverage space, yeah. there are a lot of events, there's a lot of food. I absolutely love it. I, I, I have to do that otherwise my calorie intake will be yeah. insane for the day if I have this big breakfast lunch and yeah. then do that yeah, yeah, so that's, yeah. that's kind of why I do it weekends I just do what I want yeah I no definitely I again I know we said we hate the word balance but it is trying to get that yeah. kind of balance yeah. I love it so our final question is always again about food it's what is your last meal so starter main course dessert now you're a food lover. I feel like this is going to be really, really hard for you. But yeah, start imp- at main course dessert. It's impossible. You know, go through go through phases. Uh, I go through phases. But let, let's just say right now. So um, at the moment, I'd say starter-wise, I'm loving any any form of kind of light. I, I, I don't know if you've, you've, uh, you follow her, the glucose goddess. Have you heard of her? No. Definitely follow it. Okay. So I was wearing a, a CGM for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, con- continuous glucose monitor um, I'm going to go back on it again in a, in a couple of weeks um, and essentially just looking at my glucose spikes of what I eat and the order in which you eat them so at the moment that's influencing my decision so I would start with some sort of like green salad yeah. because essentially obviously this isn't a hard and fast rule but if you want to slam a pizza mm. if you have the, the, the green salad first your glucose spike will be a lot lower interesting so so the order in which we eat so I, I would probably start with something something like that I'd say main right now it's gonna it's gonna be probably kind of it's gonna be Spanish it's gonna be tapas okay at the moment. Yeah. it's gonna be tapas it's gonna be a bit of everything and then for dessert I had a killer sticky toffee pudding the other day. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. It's a classic. You yeah. can't go wrong. Yeah. Dollop of ice cream on top. You're winning. I had, yeah. Um, but now we're getting into summer. Maybe something a bit lighter. Yeah. Maybe. It is your last meal. So maybe you just have to go all out. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I love it. Charlie, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so thank insightful you. to speak about all things like entrepreneur, founder, what you get up to, marketing, social media. I love it. So thank you so much. Speak soon. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. Health and wellness take many forms. And this week we discussed it from an entrepreneurial workplace perspective, which I thought was super interesting. And I really hope you did too. As always, please continue to support the podcast, press the follow or subscribe button and share the episode to someone else who you think will also love it. It all makes a huge, huge difference. Thank you so much again and see you next week.